verses 25 through 34. And we encourage you to find the scripture. There's Bibles underneath you. Those are in the ESV, uh, which we're going to read today. Um, you can also find uh, the scripture on your own if you're at home, uh, in your own Bible or Bible app. But we're also going to project it behind me. So if you're not able to grab a Bible, that's okay. We got you covered. So again, that's Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And I'll be reading the scripture, but if we could ask if you're here in person, if you're comfortable doing this at home, if you could stand as able for the reading of God's word. And we're all going to respond. I'll read it, but we'll respond with uh, thanks be to God. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, today's message uh, is called The Blessing of Today. And yeah, we're talking about worry and anxiety. And I'm going to be using those terms kind of interchangeably because um, they, they kind of are used interchangeably in the Bible. But it is this idea of worrying about the future, this fear of tomorrow of what's going to be you know what's going to be that isn't yet right this uncertainty that we have and um so you know i i recognize that you know we're still in this global pandemic and friends can you believe that um, I, I don't know exactly how to date when the pandemic began but i think the quarantine started around march 6th two years ago i think it was about march 6 2020 and so it's been two years since we've been through this mess, right? And, and, you know, in some ways, I know for a lot of us, we're like, when is this going to end, right? How long are we going to have to go through this? How many variants are we going to have? Like, my goodness, they've run out of, like, Greek letters, you know? And so I think now they're just, like, throwing random letters together, right? And it's like, oh, my goodness, what? What is happening? You know, how long, how long, how long? You look at the Ukraine, you look at this crazy situation, maybe some of us are like, oh my goodness, is it going to be a world war? Right? Like Russia and China going to team up and then, oh no, what's going to happen? And maybe it's not even as big as the world's problems, but maybe you've got your own problems. You're like, am I going to get into that school that I want to get into? Maybe some of you who are in the youth group, you're, you're worrying about college. Like, oh man, you know, there's so much pressure. I see my friends and you know, their resumes seem better than mine. They, they, they got better SAT scores. My parents keep talking to me about how expensive college is. And, 
you know, how I get, need to get a scholarship or you know, I need to get, get to this level of school. Maybe some of you are worrying about getting a job, worrying about getting into grad school, or you're worrying about, you know, having a partner for life, a spouse. Is anyone going to love me? Am I going to ever find that person that I can share my life with? There's so many things that we can worry about. And maybe for some of us, you know, you're like me uh, oftentimes. This is something that I struggle with a lot. I struggle with a lot of anxiety. Um, I used to wake up in the morning and just, you just wake, wake up, and it's not a choice, right? It's, it's absolutely not a choice. Friends, uh, at least in the moment, it's not, right? I mean, I do believe that there are things that we can do with God. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't even be talking about it because that would be cruel and messed up to just talk about worry and anxiety and be like, okay, well, good luck with that, right? I mean, there is an answer, but friends, it's not so simple. It, it, it's, it's just there, right, for a lot of us. And if you're somebody who struggled with anxiety, you know, like I have, um, I would wake up in the morning and just the moment I open my eyes, anxiety, it's just there. I don't even know what I'm anxious about, but I am anxious. I just feel that, oh, I don't want to get out of bed, right? I don't want to go through the day. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I know I'm going to be so tired today. I know today's going to suck. Oh, right? And that's how you start your day. <laughs> Let alone when you begin your day. You get to work, you get to school, and then there's just more stuff. My goodness, what do we do about that? Friends, I, I mean, it is something that Jesus himself addresses. Right? And he addresses it, and, and knowing that Jesus addresses it, I think you should know it is not just a modern problem. You know, is anxiety getting worse? Well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like maybe it is. I mean, I hear these statistics about how many people have anxiety disorders, and I think it's up to like, you know, a third of all people will have a diagnosable anxiety disorder in their lifetime. Like, that's insane. You know, it's just so high. And man, like, it's just all around us. And not even just like a diagnosable anxiety disorder, but just the everyday stuff of worry. And so I do believe Jesus has an answer. And I do believe that Jesus wants to walk us through that. And friends, I share this with you because I want you to know that it is a common experience. And one of the things that happens that's super unhelpful around anxiety and worry is we make people worry about the fact that they're worried, right? We make them ashamed. Why do we do that? We shame people for worry. We're like, stop worrying. Don't do it. And you're like, well, that's not helpful. You know, and, and so friends, I just want you to know your pastor, I myself, you know, struggle with this. And, and Jesus knew that, otherwise he wouldn't have talked about it, right? And so we can go through, through this together with Jesus, with all of us, Let's not fear, but let's open our eyes and let's see what Jesus has to say. Cool? All right, so let's dive right in. So this is verse uh, 25 of Matthew chapter 6. It's part of the whole discourse of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking about how do we live in kingdom reality, right? That's what this is about. How do we live as if God were king and he reigned and he ruled? And that could be something you don't experience, you know, just when you die, but you can experience that now. The kingdom of God is available to you now. If I could sum up the Sermon on the Mount, if I could sum up Jesus' central message, that's what it is, right? 
God is king, he's come to rule, and he's come to rule and reign now in your actual life. In the messiness and uncertainty of your life, God is here. And so he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? What does Jesus mean by that? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I think what Jesus is pointing to is the fact that so many of us spend our lives on these things. That's what we're focused, focused on, right? And, and friends, you've got to understand that Jesus was talking probably to, to people that we would consider poor, mostly. So he's talking to people that actually have struggles that are probably greater than most of ours, at least materially, right? I don't know what your situation is, but at least if you're living in America, you're probably better off than 99% of the people that Jesus is talking to, right? So he's talking to a lot of like farmers and, you know, that there are some artisans at that time who weren't like super well off. I mean, they can make a living, but nothing what you would consider today. Uh, there was great imbalance in, in that time. And so Jesus is talking to these common people. He's just on a grassy knoll, right? Like on a hillside, just talking to these ordinary people who are just going through life. And maybe a lot of them, they're like, oh man, where's my next meal gonna come from? At least if you're like me, I don't worry about my next meal. I worry about a lot. Don't get me wrong. I worry about the future, but I don't worry about my next meal. But Jesus is talking to people who literally probably worry about their next meal. They worry about, am I gonna have a roof over my head? And he's telling these people not to be anxious. He's like, your life is more than the pursuit of food. Your life is more than, than the pursuit of clothing, right? And so, friends, this is the way that many of us live our lives. We are trying to get these things. But why? Why? There's a reason for that, which Jesus is going to get to in a moment. But just know that many of our lives are lived for the pursuit of stuff. We talked a lot about this last week. So I'm not going to retread that ground, but just know that Jesus knows the way that most of us live. I mean, it's the way that the people back then lived. But are we really that different? Maybe we're better off, but we're still living our life to get stuff, right? To get these things, to get money, right? To, to get a house, to, to, to get whatever it is that you think you need for what? Well, Jesus is going to talk about that. But I just want you to, to think about this and to kind of like, you know, put a pin in this thought. That's not your life. Your life should be and can be more than that. So he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now, this is where Jesus gets to what we are doing. Why do we live this way? And we talked about this last week. He talks about sowing, reaping, and gathering into barns. We're doing this for security. We're doing this so we have money and food and all these resources stored away so that you don't have to worry. That's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to get rid of all of our worries. You remember uh, uh, the parable we talked about last week where there was that farmer, the foolish farmer, who has a huge crop and he just has way more food than he could possibly, you know, eat himself or even sell. And so he takes, the, the, so he thinks to himself, like, you know what, I'm going to build a much bigger barn. And the barn's going to be so big that 
I, I'm not going to have to work for the rest of my life. I can just take it easy, right? And I'm just going to have this huge security, right? And friends, I think that's what most of us are doing. Why, when we started off in the pandemic, that people started hoarding toilet paper <laughs> and bread and, 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 and you know, like, like milk and stuff like that. And, and I mentioned this at the time that it was happening, that it was kind of like the dumbest thing to hoard in some ways, like, like especially the bread and milk, because those are like the two things that don't keep, like well at all, you know? But why? It's very indicative, right? Bread, milk, toilet paper, <laughs> you know? These are like the most basic things you need to survive, right? And there's just something like primordial. When we were afraid, we just grabbed and 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 hoarded and hoarded and hoarded and hoarded and hoarded and hoarded just this stuff because it made us feel safe. In an uncertain, uncontrollable world, it gave us some small measure or the illusion that if I can get enough of this stuff, then I don't need to worry. That's what we're trying to do, isn't it? We're trying to create a world in which you have all your supplies. You'll never kind of look around and be like, oh, where's the toilet paper? Where's the, oh no. You're like, mm, I've got so much toilet paper. That's what we want. <gasps> How am I gonna pay the rent? How am I gonna pay the rent? Oh, that's right. Look, look at my, my bank account. Look at how much money I have. I never have to worry again. That's what we're trying to do, to create a world in which you never have to worry, right? And so Jesus says, look, look at how God provides for birds and grass. And, and he actually picks, like, like in that society, um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but when you would go to the temple and you're poor and you want to sacrifice an animal, you know what animal you pick? What's the cheapest animal you could buy? A bird. Jesus picked birds on purpose because birds in the eyes of Jewish people were the most worthless animal. And grass, right? He's like, grass, it's just, right? Like, I mean, in this society, we just cut the grass and we're like, you know, forget you grass, right? Like, we, it, it's just so worthless, right? It's just so expendable. It's so temporary. And Jesus like, look at grass and look at these worthless birds, and look at how God takes care of them. Is he not going to take care of you? Right? Are you not of more value than they? Do you not know your value? This is one of the things in the kingdom of God, friends, is being in the kingdom of God means that God is king, but he's also your father, right? And he loves you, and he's going to take care of you, and that's part of living in the kingdom of God. We have this uncertainty because we're like these children who don't know who our parents are. Or maybe we have parents that, that, that are like really unstable and we're like, oh my gosh, am I going to be provided for? Am I going to get food today? Am I going to be safe? Right? And we live like that instead of living like children who have these loving parents that are supporting them and where you feel completely safe. I was talking about this, this idea of, if you guys remember Jesus in, in, in the boat, where there's that great storm, and the disciples are like, ah, they're like freaking out, right? And Jesus is sleeping. He's sleeping. 
And I kind of think about like when you're a kid and you would just like fall asleep in the car. Why? Because you weren't scared. You just completely trusted that mommy and daddy are going to get me home. I don't need to worry about this at all. Right? But very few of us go through life that way. Especially as we get older, we're like, dude, the world is scary and uncertain, and I need to prepare. I need to prepare, right? And so Jesus says something very profound in verse 27. He says, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? Actually, in Greek, it says a cubit. It's just a a unit of length. He's like, you can't even add this much to your span of life. If you look at your entire life, worrying is not going to add anything. In fact, worrying actually takes away from your life, doesn't it? You know, they say like worrying and stress and anxiety and all of this stuff. There's all of these health things that are related to that. It, it, it like literally makes everything worse. You have higher blood pressure, right? You're more risk for, for like, like heart stuff. And, you know, basically your, your body in this, is in this elevated state, this state of fear. You're pumping more blood. Your heart is working harder, right? And you're in this constant state of vigilance that you're not supposed to be in for a long period of time. God gave us these great alarm systems when you're in trouble, right? So, you know, like, like let's say someone's coming at you with a knife. You shouldn't be chill in those situations, right? Or if a tiger leaps out, right? You shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, my heart is completely calm. You should be pumping some blood. You should be ready to run or fight or whatever, right? But this is the thing. Our body responds that way to stress and anxiety. And if you're feeling that all of the time, it is not the natural way we were supposed to be. Not all the time. It's supposed to be special (laughs) for those special times of danger, right? But for many of us, we're just at this level all the time. And we got to get out of that. We got to be in a place where you know you are safe, right? And so, um, friends, uh, uh, what is the real pain of, of anxiety and worry? Um, so, I, I got to tell you that, um, you know, <laughs> I've learned something about pain uh, over the past three weeks. So, it was about three weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago Saturday, that I, I slipped on ice and I broke my wrist. And um, I, I'm just being honest with you guys. It's one of the more painful things I've ever experienced. Probably the most painful. Maybe for some of you, you're like, oh, Pastor Steve, you need to go through more pain. And I'm like... Let me show you what happened to me. <laughs> Let me just completely fracture your wrist the way that my wrist was fractured, and then we'll talk. It was so painful, guys. It was just, oh my gosh, it was excruciating. And I, I've learned a thing or two about pain over the past three weeks because I'm just being honest with you. I am such a wimp when it comes to pain. Uh, this is a picture of a lady getting a shot, and there is great, great fear when it comes to getting a shot, Right? Um, actually, I, I really do believe this, that part of the hesitation, I know it's not for everyone, so if some of you didn't want to get vaccinated and you have like a legitimate reason for it, you know, I'm not here to judge you, but I, I, you know, just 
personally, I'm sorry, I just think that maybe part of it, part of it, just a, maybe a small part of it is people just don't like getting shots. <laughs> I just think like, honestly, some people just, it's like the last thing they want to do, you know? And it's so just terrifying to people. And, and for me, I, I got to tell you, I, I told you, I'm a wimp when it comes to pain. I don't like getting shots. You know, I do this thing when I get a shot where I'll, I'll pinch, like, like if they're, you know, doing it in my right arm or my right hip. Uh, 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 sorry, left. I'm pointing to the left, to my left arm or my left hip. I'll pinch the other side, like, as hard as I can while they're giving me a shot. Why? Because I'm trying to distract myself from the fact that I'm getting a shot so I can focus on this pain. But you know what's really stupid about that? This technically hurts way more than getting that little prick. But why am I willing to do this and pinch myself really, really hard on the right side instead of just getting that prick? Because I'm going to get the prick no matter what. You know why? Because at least I'm in control of this. That's what it's about. It's about control, right? And so, friends, I, I really do believe this, that, that for me, at least, what I have experienced about pain is that I think pain, about 95% of it is actually worry. That the pain is so much worse because we are anticipating what the pain will be. Right? So they're about to give you a shot, and they haven't even touched you yet, but you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, ah, oh my gosh, ah, 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 ah. They haven't even touched you. Right? And when they touch you, it's just going to be like, Bam, and it's done. That's it. Right? But you freaking out. Right? Your body's like, oh, we're afraid. We're afraid. Right? And it's doing all these things. And your body becomes very, very sensitive to anything that might look like pain. Even your own worry, your own worry looks like a threat to your body, to your mind. That's what's happening. Right? There'd be times where I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I would feel like this pulsing in my wrist, right? And, and, and just like, boom, like that. And then my natural instinct is to be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, oh my gosh, it's coming, right? And what I realize, friends, is that sometimes it comes, more pain comes, sometimes it doesn't, but it really does make it worse. It makes it worse when I just freak out when I worry, when I'm so focused on, oh no, what could this pain be in the future instead of just feeling the pain that is there? Friends, I do think in many ways our worry is a way of trying to control something. That's what it is. Why do you worry? Your mind is trying to play this game where it's like, if I can anticipate what's going to happen, then I'm in control. And if I'm in control, then I don't need to worry. But really what you need is to surrender. You need to surrender, well, number one, to life. But we need to surrender to the fact that well, we're not in control. Um, there's this great quote, Elizabeth Gilbert apparently wrote this in her journal and she posted it online. And a lot of people have quoted this, but I thought this is great. She said, you're afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control, but you never had control. 
all you had was anxiety. Mm, that's so good. Friends, I want to read that again. You're afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control. But you never had control. All you had was anxiety. I mean, look at what Jesus says. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your span of life? What is it doing? What's the good that's causing in your life? It's not doing anything productive. It's only subtracting. It's only freaking you out more. It's only causing more pain, right? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And so we're told, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we drink? Or what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? That's what all of us are focused on. Where is this coming from? What are we going to do in the future? What if this happens, right? We're so focused on that. It says, for the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Um, friends, I, I, you know, ver verse 33 is like the marquee verse that everyone stars and highlights and underlines. And I've preached whole sermons, more sermons than, than probably, you know, I ever need to on Matthew 6, 33 alone, right? So I'm not going to retread this because I, I got to tell you, because we focus so much on Matthew 6, 33, which is great. I mean, it is just, we sang it today, right? Um, I forget how the tune goes, but we're singing, seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will come. Everything else will come. God will provide, right? It's so great. It's so good that we miss 34. And 34, to be honest, we don't fully understand it, so we just kind of gloss over it. But today, I want to focus on Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What? Okay, I was like really down with God providing things and God taking care of me and not needing to worry. What is this stuff about trouble? <laughs> it's as sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I, I heard someone say once that worry means that you're going to suffer twice, right? Because number one, you can't prevent whatever it is that you're going to go through. You're going to go through it, Right? It might be hard. It might be difficult. You're going to have to go through it. But the worry that the second suffering is that anticipation, that freaking out, and all of the things that come with it, right? And, and so, you know, what Jesus is saying is, is just, it's just, in many ways, it's just truth, right? There's nothing you can do about the fact that you are going to have trouble in your life. You're going to have difficulty. We don't like hearing this, so we gloss over it. We just like, oh, Matthew 6.33, so good. And we forget that Jesus says, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. But look what Jesus is saying. He says, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. What does that mean? It's, it's Jesus' cute way of saying, I think, tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Don't worry, tomorrow's coming. You can't do anything about it. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will we'll do the worrying for you, right? You know, but he's like, he knows that this is how we spend our lives, 
Remember what Jesus said in the beginning of this passage. Isn't your life more than the pursuit of clothing? Isn't your life more than the pursuit of food? Isn't your life more than hoarding things so you can be in control? What is all of that about? That is about the alleviation of worry and anxiety. That's how we're spending our lives. And Jesus is saying, you have a choice. You can live in, in, in anxiety, trying to prevent all the things that you cannot prevent, trying to worry about all the things that you cannot you, you know, do anything about. But you're going to be missing something. You're going to be missing something very important, and that is today. I said the blessing of today. I almost named it, uh, this sermon, the trouble of today, because that's what Jesus promises us. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have burdens. You're going to have difficulties today. Why do our lives get overwhelming, friends? I think our lives get overwhelming because you're not just fighting the battle of today. You're also fighting the battle of tomorrow. And it's just like this heavy, heavy, heavy burden that all of us are carrying all the time because we're so focused on tomorrow. Charles Spurgeon once said, our anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strengths. That's also really good. I'm going to say it again. Our anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strengths. What Jesus is telling us to do is to completely focus on today. Worry about today, because today is the only thing that's real, right? And so, friends, I wonder if maybe Jesus had this in mind when he was talking about in Matthew 11. You guys remember, this is a beautiful passage about rest and, you know, easy burdens versus heavy burdens. And he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus acknowledges that you're going to have a burden. You're going to have something you have to carry. But one of the great things about this passage is Jesus is saying, I'm going to carry it with you. I'm going to carry it with you because I'm your Lord. I'm your king. I'm in control. And I'm going to help you to live this life. The life that you're living right now, you don't have to do it on your own. I'm with you in every moment. A couple months ago, we talked about this idea that the only thing that is real is this moment because the future is imaginary. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. It's not for you to know that. God is the great I am. The only place you are going to encounter God is right here, right now. But what most of us are trying to do by projecting into the future, about worrying, about trying to control those things, is we're trying to be God. And it's too heavy a burden. You can't do it. So friends, there's this picture of this person just carrying this enormous, enormous boulder. And that's what most of us are doing most of the time when we're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? What am I going to do? How am I going to plan for this? How am I going to prevent this? You can't do it. It's too much. It's too much. Jesus is saying today is enough. Today's trouble is enough. Go through whatever you're going through right now. You know, I break my wrist and I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. It's going to hurt a lot. He's like, it hurts enough right now. Just embrace it. Accept it. Right? Experience what you're going through. I got to tell you, it wasn't easy. I was sitting there on the, the, the sidewalk when I broke my wrist and I'm like crumpled and my arm is like curled and it was stuck there. 
for the longest time. And I was sitting there and, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, my wrist is just so wrecked right now. What is this going to mean? I had this meeting where we were supposed to help go through the vision of LGM in the future. I'm like, I'm not making it to that meeting. Uh, are they going to be able to do this meeting without me? There's all these worries. There's all these worries. But I tried to practice all these things that I'm preaching in that moment to just say, Jesus, you're with me now. 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 I gotta tell you, one of the things that, that used to really, really bother me, I alluded to this in the morning. I would face this like anxiety. I feel this anxiety first thing in the morning. And one of my great fears, one of my great worries is how tired am I going to be today? Because oftentimes I have trouble falling asleep and I won't get as much sleep as I want. You know, and sometimes I'll be like really just kind of pissed off. I'm sorry guys for my language, but I, I will. Like, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. You know, I'll wake up in the morning. I'm like, I'm counting how many hours I got. Like, I got like four hours. Like, I know today's going to suck. It's going to be so, oh my gosh. And the funny thing is, is that when you wake up at the same time every day, your body produces natural chemicals that wake you up. It doesn't matter how much sleep you get your body will naturally wake up. And oftentimes, when I stop focusing on that, like, oh man, I'm gonna be so tired. Today's, today's gonna be terrible. Oh my gosh, like I'm gonna be falling asleep and oh, I hate it, I hate it. I, instead of just being like, okay, let's just go brush our teeth. Let's just get ready for the day. God, you're with me, you're with me, right? And just accept it. Okay, I didn't get a lot of sleep, but let's go. Let's go through the day. And the funny thing is, is oftentimes like, yeah, maybe I'm a little tired later, but it's not nearly as bad as when I'm just sitting there worried and just anxious and just crippled by that, that heavy, heavy burden of worrying about the things that I cannot control. Because friends, I am not God. But when we live in the moment, when we live for today, when we embrace today and we do it with God, Jesus is saying to us, I'm going to walk with you in this. You are not alone, and we're going to get through this together. And we do. We do. So friends, um, I want to stop there because we're going to go into communion. And communion is the symbol of the life with God. You know, I mean, like, just think about this idea that Jesus went through suffering, right? He died on a cross, right? And he bled for us. And communion is his way of saying, join me in my suffering. A lot of us, we don't really like that. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to remember what Jesus did, but I don't want to suffer myself. Friends, you're all going to suffer. You're all going to go through life. But the thing with communion that's so beautiful is Jesus is telling you two things. He's telling you, I'm going to do it with you. You're going to suffer with me, and I'm going to suffer with you. You're not alone. And by my grace, by my sovereignty, we're going to transform that suffering into something redemptive. Just like how Jesus used the suffering of the cross. Number one, to comfort all those who have suffered in, in generations, to say, I have a God who knows how to go through that valley. But also, to die for our sin, that we don't have to bear that penalty. 